Hey guys, Kyle back with Kyle Burrell's unedited podcast, episode number 115, I believe it is. Um, trying to see, yep, 115. A um, lot to get into, obviously a lot to react to in the NFL. Uh, we're going to have Premier League match day predictions, college basketball rankings and game predictions, combat sports to talk about. Um, yeah, a lot to, a lot to discuss. Uh, then obviously college football Heisman rankings my final basically the final Heisman and top 20 power 23 because the committee's rankings and the playoffs will come out next week and you know we're also going to predict every conference championship division one single a meaning um we'll talk about Florida State we'll get into updated New Year's six bowl predictions we got mock draft two rounds tonight and then a little shout out at the end of it, but let's get into it. Dobbs throws four picks on Monday Night Football. Bears beat the Vikings 12-10, and Jesus, Monday Night Football. Snooze fest, um, but the Bears get a win. I don't know why they wanted it, but they did, <laughs> did get the win. Um, so, yeah, uh, bad night for Dobbs at the office. He was not good tonight. Um, Vikings are still in the playoff contention for sure, you know, with five games to go in the regular season. Uh, they're going to need to come up some wins, though. You know, it's two, what is that, back-to-back losses? I believe that's back-to-back losses now for the Vikings, so that's tough. Uh, we'll see how they bounce back. Eagles edge out another win. <laughs> Beat the Bills, O-N-O-T, 37-34. I mean, as a Cowboys fan, it's like, you know, you're trying to play them in two weeks' time. You're trying to have a chance to, you know, to win the division. They could have lost two, and they'd be on the, they'd be the same record as us right now. Um now we need the Niners. We do need the Niners. What, what I wanted was the Chiefs and the Bills to beat them, and then the Eagles beat the Niners. So the Niners drop back even farther. They would have one more loss than we do going into playing Philly. And then if we beat Philly, we could be the one. That's not how it's going to turn out. I just I kind of want the Niners. I'm actually rooting for the Niners now, of course. Um, But, yeah, uh, big win for the Eagles in overtime. They just find a way to win, man. No matter what I say about them, I, don't think, I truly don't know if they're an elite team, but that hasn't mattered. They just find ways to win, and that's all that counts. So good win for them. Chiefs get a bounce-back win over the Raiders, 31-17. Finally a good second half by the Chiefs. Scored 17 points in the second half, you know. Good win for the Chiefs to get back on track again. they uh, I think they're a half game behind the Ravens because the Ravens haven't ha- had their bye week, which I think comes up. They own the tiebreakers, though, over the Jags and the Dolphins with the head-to-head win. So, you know, good win for the Chiefs. Falcons beat the Saints 25-15. Take a lead in the NFC South at 5-6. and six. I mean, that division is just fucking poor. It's so poor. It's almost gross. Jaguars revenge Texans lost with 24-21 win in Houston. Now have a two-game lead in the division. That was a big game. You know, Jags, if they lose that game, they'd have the same record as the Texans, and the Texans would have beaten them twice, so the head-to-head goes to Houston. But the Jags get a now a two game cushion, so good, uh, big win for the Jags. Rams with Rams win back to back games. They beat the Cardinals thirty seven fourteen, making a playoff push again. Don't you don't count out um, Sean McVay and Matt Stafford and those guys. You just don't count them out. They're not dead. You got you know. We'll see what happens. Broncos win fifth straight, beat the Browns twenty nine twelve. I mean, can't say enough good things about Denver. Russell Wilson, the defense, how it's turned it around. Sean Payton. I mean, this is a team that lost early on 70-20 to 20 in a game. And now here they are at 6-5 and five with their fifth straight win. 1-5 to begin the year. They're here. Um, so some other, let's just, I just want to, some other headlines and discussion. I just want to talk about Sean Payton. 
Um, and I forgot to put down the coaches' rankings. I was going to do an NFL coaches' ranking uh, on this episode. It will be out next week. Um, promise that. Um, it'll be out next week. I completely blanked on it, forgot, but it will be out next week. But let's just talk about Sean Payton and what he's done. I mean, there's not many coaches that could have gone into Denver with you know how Russ played last year, some bad contracts, and he's flipped it. He's turned it one. I mean, just a complete 360. And it's unbelievable. And shout out Sean Payton. Shout out Russell Wilson, though, too. He deserves credit. And we'll get into the QB rankings. He deserves credit as well. He's played smart, good football. Sean Payton, just what a coach. What a coach, you know? Like I said, I always said that Denver got lucky the Chargers didn't fire Staley because he would have went to the Chargers. Denver got lucky that the Chargers chose to keep Staley. So here you are with Sean Payton, and the Broncos are alive. And I think they're a playoff team, and I think that, you know, with a great coach like Sean Payton and if Russ can keep playing like this, they're a dangerous team. Next headline discussion, the final one here in the NFL, how does Brandon Staley still have a job? I mean, look at that roster. Look at the money they've spent on guys. Look at that roster, the talent, and he's 4-7. and seven. Um, I'm confused how he's still coaching there. Uh, would I, you know, maybe though, maybe they didn't want to do it on, you know, maybe on Monday, but I'm guessing I'd be shocked to say, I don't know if they will, but I'd be shocked if they didn't fire him tomorrow. Um, he's, he, by the way, he was the worst head coach in my rankings and that's saying something because Matt Eberflus and Ron Rivera coach, and he's my worst head coach in my rankings. Sean Payton's my number two. Brandon Staley's the worst head coach in football. Criminal what has happened with him having all that talent. How bad they've been. How average and bad they've been. Average to bad they've been. I don't know. I can't, I don't understand why he still has a job. But let's get into my post-week 12 top 16 power rankings. Eagles obviously got to be one. They're 10-1. and 49ers at two still. Cowboys at three. Um, Chiefs at four. They're all eight and three. Ravens at five. They're nine and three. Jags move up to six. They're eight and three. Dolphins move up to seven. They're eight and three. Lions drop down a little to eight. They're eight and three. I have Denver at nine. Denver's a top 10 team in the NFL. I don't care what anyone says. People would say that, you know, it's not it's not always entertaining football. I don't care. You win. This is what I said about the Eagles. Do I think the Eagles are, you know, I think they're definitely not as good as they were last year, but they're winning games. Winning counts in the NFL. In the NFL, the winning counts. Get wins. Uh, Bills at 10, again, could slip them lower. I just, they, they, I hope they can figure it out. It's be a crim- It's going to be criminal if it's no Burrow, no Allen in the playoffs. Texans drop down to 11. Browns drop to 12. Steelers at 13. Um, Colts at 14. Rams at 15. And the Vikings at 16. Still have them in there. They're not dead yet. So my post-week 12 award rankings. All right, so let's start here with the defensive rookie of the year. Jalen Carter, 1 for Philly. Devon Witherspoon, 2 for Seattle. Will Anderson, 3 for the Texans. And Brian Branch, 4 for the Lions. Offensive Rookie of the Year, it's pretty much a runaway, but Bijan, four, Puka, Nakua, three, Jameer Gibbs, two, and C.J. Stroud, the runaway winner, number one. Coach of the Year, Mike McDaniel, four for the Dolphins, Dan Campbell for the Lions, three, D'Amico Ryans for the Texans, two, and Sean Payton is my Coach of the Year as of right now. Defense Player of the Year, Chris Jones, four, T.J. Watt, three, Miles Garrett, two, Micah Parsons, one. Offensive Player of the Year, A.J. Brown, four, C.D. Lamb, three, Christian McCaffrey, two, and Tyreek Hill, one. MVP, Mahomes, four, Lamar, three, Jalen Hurts, two, Dak Prescott, one. 
And I just want to say one thing. If uh, Dak Prescott was playing the way Josh Allen was with the turnovers, he would be crucified day in and day out on all these on all these sports shows. Dak, you can say what you want about the schedule. He he went to Philly and performed very well, though. Obviously, the Niners game wasn't good, but Dak Prescott has been unbelievable. And I'm a, I'm you know me I'm one of the if not one of the biggest Dak criticizer there is. But I give him the flowers. He's been special this year. Um, Josh Allen has been... The turnovers, man. If it was Dak Prescott doing that, he'd be crucified everywhere about the turnovers. Dak Prescott should be the frontrunner for MVP. Hopefully in a couple weeks he proves that with the one against Philly. QB tier rankings post-week 12. Um, let's get into it. Just no. So bottom of the bottom of the barrel. Mac Jones, Jake Browning, Tim Boyle, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Tim Boyle, Jake Brown, are career backup, so it's kind of harsh to put him on here, but right, it's just no. Thompson Robinson, he's going to be a career backup. You know, he's just not a cool, he's not a great quarterback, and Mac Jones stinks. Eh? So the next tier is just, eh, you know, a couple, you know, you got some young guys on here, you know, that I'm not ready to just bury yet, like Bryce Young, Sam Howell, Will Levis, Desmond Ritter, and then you got guys that are, again, backups, but performing decently at, at times, uh, Aiden O'Connell and Danny DeVito. Uh, glimpses of good, but can be very bad. Justin Fields, Jordan Love, Josh Dobbs, Derek Carr, Kenny Pickett, Geno Smith. Good. Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Gardner Minshew. Elite level. Trevor Lawrence, Josh Allen. I know the turnovers, but Allen is still an elite level quarterback. And Burrow's not on this because it's starting quarterbacks. Josh Allen, Matt Stafford, Justin Herbert, Jared Goff. Um, MVP level. Lamar Jackson, CJ Stroud, Russell Wilson. Tua Tagovailoa, and Brock Purdy. Mahomes, so the top. Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts are my top three on the rankings. Okay, so moving on to the NFL. Premier League match day 13 predictions. Again, it's kind of been rough. It wasn't good this week either, last week either, 4-5-1. and one. Uh, First one up, Wolves at Arsenal. Give me Arsenal 2-0. Sheffield at Burnley. I'm going to die on Burnley's hill. 2-1 Burnley. Luton at Brentford. Give me Brentford 3-1. Everton at Forest, give me Forest 2-1. United at Newcastle, give me United on the road, 3-2. Fulham at Liverpool, Liverpool 3-0. Brighton at Chelsea, Chelsea 3-1. Palace at West Ham, give me West Ham 2-1. I kind of want to change that, but I'm going to stick with West Ham at home. Villa at Bournemouth, give me Villa 3-1. Tottenham at City, give me City 2-1. So my 1.0 college basketball national player of the year rankings. This is early, it's tough to decide right now. Couple more weeks, you kind of get a gauge of who's really going to be in that contention. At number one, I do have Hunter Dickinson, um, center for Kansas. Again, I think he's the best player in the country. Um, and I know people are going to say Zach Eady. Zach Eady's at two. I think Dickinson's just more skilled. Um, I just think Dickinson's a better player. I think Eady's obviously bigger, but I think Dickinson's a better basketball player. Zach E.D. is at two, though. Kyle Filipowski, center from Duke at three. Uh, Jacoby Walter, the shooting guard from Duke here, for, or at Baylor here at four. He's unreal. He is a stud. Uh, we'll be talking about him draft night for sure, leading up to the draft, talking about Jacoby Walter. Uh, Dalton, uh, I think it's Necht. Or, yeah, Necht, the guard forward from Tennessee. Very good player. Uh, didn't have his greatest game versus Kansas, but I've seen him play a few times uh, before that game. He's he's played he's really good. And I'm gonna go Armando Baycott at six, center from North Carolina. 
Got to be 25 years old. But he is a stud. Um, my 3.0 Power 16 college basketball rankings. Number one, Purdue at 6-0. and Number two, UConn at 7-0. and Number three, Arizona at 6-0. and Four, Marquette at 5-1. Five, five, Kansas at 5-1. and one. Six, Houston at 7-0. Seven, seven, Duke at 5-1. and one. Eight, Miami at 5-0. and oh. Baylor at 9 at 6 and 0, Kentucky at 10 at 5 and 1, Tennessee at 11 at 4 and 2, Gonzaga at 12 at 4 and 1, James Madison at 13 at 6 and 0, Texas at 14 at 5 and 1, Mississippi State at 6 is 6 and 0 at 15, at 16 FAU who's 5 and 1. Next 5 out will be Texas A&M who's 6 and 1, Colorado State, they're 6 and 0, BYU 6 and 0, Creighton 5 and 1, and Villanova 6 and 1. So the big game predictions. Um, I went four and four last week. It was a tough week. So I'm thirteen and four overall after the what nine and one first week. Um, so we got some big games. Uh, it scares me though because I like a lot of road teams. Uh, that can always get scary. But Tuesday, November twenty eighth. So you, when you hear this, it'll be that. It'll be Tuesday night. I'm obviously shooting this Monday Monday night, but Tuesday morning is when you'll hear it. That so tomorrow night, Tuesday, November twenty eighth, Kentucky over Miami. At Kentucky. Wednesday, November 29th, Texas A&M over Virginia at Virginia. That one really scares me. Tennessee over UNC at UNC. I think Tennessee is just a better team. Rivalry game, Colorado at Colorado State. Give me Colorado. Uh, Duke at Arkansas. Give me Duke. I just don't think Arkansas is that good of a team. Thursday, November 30th, one game, Creighton at Oklahoma State. Give me Creighton. Friday, December 1st, a big one, Kansas UConn at Kansas, give me Kansas over UConn. Houston, Xavier at Xavier, give me Houston. And Saturday, December 2nd, Marquette at Wisconsin, give me Marquette. So we're predicting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games this week. So some combat, let me grab a drink, then we're going to get some combat sports. A little late on some of these. But I did want to talk about them for sure. Uh, but but this past weekend, Benavidez, Benavidez stops Andrade in the sixth corner, throws in the towel. The monster, man. Uh, he is a frightening, frightening uh, boxer. Um, I don't even know what to say. Um, David Benavidez is a scary, scary individual. Let's take a look. David Benavidez, um, again, I just think he he has 28 wins, no losses, 24 come by knockout. You know, he's he's faced Anthony Durrell, knocked him out. Jay Leon Love, knocked him out. David Lemieux, knocked him out. Caleb Plant was definitely one of his toughest, if not his toughest fight decision. And then he uh, finishes Andrade via corner stoppage. I, Canelo's got to be next. I'd love to know if there was any odds on that, but that should be next. Canelo versus David Benavidez. If there's any early odds, I'd love to see it. I don't know when this would be, but is there, there is some early odds. Canelo Alvarez minus 194. David Benavidez plus 174. It's a tough fight for Canelo. It's obviously a tough fight for Benavidez when you're fighting Canelo, but man, that's the fight that has to happen, right? It's got to be Canelo versus Benavidez next. The only thing I really care about, uh, you do it in May um, for sure. Big, you know, big uh, 
uh, Mexican versus Mexican fight. That would be huge. The crowd would be unreal. They would, they would do it. I think it would do a ton of pay-per-views. That's got to be next, in my opinion. Um, Joshua Wilder will be on the same card on December 23rd in Saudi, but won't be fighting each other. I know this was announced a week ago, but I just I didn't get to it last week. Wilder's going to face Joseph Parker. Um, I'll say this. I don't think these are... This is a competitive fight. Um, I think Joseph Parker, he's a, he's a, he's a tough heavyweight, but, uh, he's not, in my opinion, what I would say very good. He's on a three fight win streak. His losses are to Anthony Joshua, Dillian White, uh, Joe Joyce. His biggest wins are probably the two over Chizora, Andrew Ruiz. He did beat, um, back in 2017. I would expect Deontay Wilder to knock out Joseph Parker. And then AJ is going to take on Otto Valin. He has fought Tyson Fury before. He is 26-1 with one no contest. Um, really he beat Dominic Brazil. That's his best win probably. Not a lot of great wins. Lost to Fury by decision. If people, If you remember correctly, he actually cut Fury. He was doing really good early on. I mean, Fury was winning the rounds, especially late. But early on, Otto Wilhelm was having a lot of success. And again, he's going to take on AJ, Anthony Joshua. Again, I just, you know, Joshua's lost three. He's won two in a row, though. He beat Jeremiah Franklin via decision. was kind of a snoozer. And then he knocked out Robert Hellenius in the seventh. Before that, though, he had lost to Usyk twice. He beat Pulev and Ruiz, and he had lost to Ruiz. Uh, again, I don't know. I think both should win. I think Joshua has the tougher fight for sure. I think Otto Vileen's better than Joseph Parker. Um, so I would, I would, I would definitely say that he has the tougher fight between the two. If both win, will we finally get the matchup? Is the question mark? And here's here's why I say yes because when these two were doing negotiations in the past, you didn't really have Saudi Arabia involved with the money they have, right? And they know the potential of, of Wilder Joshua being a massive, massive fight. Especially if both can go in and get big, get, you know, good wins here where it's not really any dispute. Wilder knocks out Parker, Joshua maybe knocks out Vileen or wins a lopsided decision and looks really good. Back in the past, it was, you know, in the States negotiated and, you know, they were wanting, you know, the 80-20 splits Joshua's team wanted. Well, now that's not really a problem. Both guys can get paid significant amount of money because Saudi's involved. That's why I think these fights are happening. That's why I think you're seeing Fury Usyk, because now Saudi's involved in this. The money that's flying around, they're able to make these big fights. So I do believe if both win, that fight will happen next. Um, you know, they're going to do this in late December, like I said, December twenty third, couple days before Christmas. I would maybe say it, uh, an April May uh, fight as long as they come out unscathed. Uh, Joshua Wilder um, probably happen back in Saudi. They're getting all the big ones, especially they're getting the heavyweights. Obviously, they're doing that December 23rd with, you know, Joshua headlining Wilder co-main. And then they're doing Fury Usyk for the Undisputed Heavyweight title. It is official for February 17th. I gave it time because you never know. But it is official for February 17th in Saudi. Fury made upwards of $60 million against Ngannou. I'm sure he's making the same, if not more, for this fight. Um, I'm happy it's happening. I cannot wait for all three of these contests. I can't wait for Wilder Parker. Wilder gets the win. Joshua Valine. Joshua gets the win. Sets up Wilder Joshua. And then, you know, we get Fury Usyk for the undisputed heavyweight title. Um, both guys do have a rematch clause, so I'm sure we're going to see this fight twice. Probably not both for the undisputed titles because, you know, some one of these 
shitty-ass organizations, the IBO, the IBF. One of them's going to say, no, well, we need it. We want the belt on somebody else. So there you go. But it will for this fight, it will be for the Undisputed Heavyweight title, the lineal Undisputed Heavyweight title, Fury's lineal title up for grabs. Cannot wait for February 17th. It's going to be a tremendous fight. MMA, big thing that happened, PFL bought Bellator. Um, I like this. I think it helps PFL. I don't know how, how much... Did PFL pay for Bellator? I don't know how much. I don't know if that price has been out. No cash. PFL buys West. What? Okay, so this was reported six days ago by MMA Mania. PFL bought Bellator for less than $100 million in straight stock deal. So no cash. But they do. I'm pretty sure it transfers over. They get the fight. Uh, the fighters that are under contract are with PFL. You saw that in the last PFL event. They brought out a lot of the guys, the champions of Bellator faced off with the new champions of PFL. I mean, I do like it. We'll see how it plays out for them. I like it. I, I think it makes it better for PFL. They get better fighters in there. You know, the likes of Pitbull, AJ McKee, Ryan Bader, Nemkov, uh, Jason Jackson, you know, even more guys, you know, uh, Patchy Mix. You know, there's a lot of guys in Bellator that are very good fighters. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, but let's let's a uh, couple weeks away. But let's do an early look ahead at UFC 296. We're gonna check the odds. Edwards v Covington. This card is dynamite. You have Edwards Covington main event. Pantoja Roy Val for the flyweight title. Comain. Shavkat vs Wonderboy. Ferguson Pimblet. Uh, Ian Gary Luke. Josh Emmett, Giga, uh, Giga Jakadze, Cody Garbrandt, Brian Kelleher, Alonzo Menafield, Dustin Jacoby. This card is nuclear. So probably for fan fight picks, we'll do seven, I think. I know we can do eight. Menafield, Jacoby. Um, Jacoby, a minus 186 favorite to Menafield, plus 144. That's a great fight, though. Garbrandt, Kelleher. Garbrandt is a minus 235 favorite. That's interesting. Uh, versus Kelleher, plus 180. You also have Irene Aldana, Carlo Ro or Carol Rosa. Minus 182 for Aldana, plus 148 for Rosa. Josh Emmett, uh, plus 140 against Giga. Uh, Giga Chad, minus 180. Ian Gary, minus 280 to Luke's, plus 210. Pimblet, minus 320 to Ferguson's, plus 235. No shocker here, Rachmanov, minus 520 to Wonderboys, plus 350. Pantoja is a minus 245 favorite to Roy Valles, plus 186. And Covington Edwards is tight, minus 130 for Edwards. Um, plus 102 for Covington. Uh, like I said, I just want to do a check on the odds and stuff like that, but cannot wait for that card to end the year. December 16th, I believe it is. That's going to be a phenomenal card, and you know, hopefully Colby can get it done. This is you know, this is kind of the last chance, in my opinion, at a title. You know, it's going to be tough for him to fight his, fight his way back to a fourth undisputed title fight, uh, but we'll see what happens. So everyone's talking about UFC 300. Obviously nothing announced yet. Uh, obviously Connor is in training, which makes me believe that hopefully... He will be the main event for UFC 300. So I decided to form a little card. I know people are going to say, no title fights. You can have a banger of a card without title fights. So here would be my five fight main card for UFC 300. Opening the card, Dustin Poirier, Dan Hooker 2. Hooker got injured. I believe he would have beat Bobby Green. This fight was unreal the first time around. I think you run it back. Poirier's looking, you know, he's had a big fight, but I mean, you think Dan Dan Hooker could get Poirier up and ready, because Poirier knows he has to be ready, because Dan Hooker is a scary, scary fighter, 
Um, second bout on the card: Cyril Gon versus Sergey Pavlovich. People are gonna say, "What about you know the what about Joel Almeida?" I think that they should just do Almeida versus uh, Tom Aspinall for the interim title, or actually for the regular title if Jones gonna be out that long. Uh, middle fight: Bantamweight bout: Marab versus Henry Cejudo. Come on, this is what I want. I want this fight more than anything. This is a fight I've wanted to see since Cejudo came back. Got to make that one happen. Co-main event for me, though. Kamaru Usman back at welterweight against Bilal. Forget the name, Muhammad. Um, I don't think the UFC is ready to give Bilal a title shot at all. I truly don't. I think they're going to make him fight one more time. Why not? Usman. I think it's a great fight. And the main event, obviously, Conor McGregor, Michael Chandler at welterweight. Uh, that should be the UFC 300 main event. Uh, you know, they kind of they kind of slabbed Conor on UFC 200. Slided him. Um, I think that you give it to him here at UFC 300. He's here still. Big fight. Go ahead and try to put that thing in the uh, um, at Allegiant Stadium in the Death Star over there in Vegas or even in Cowboys Stadium. Um, that's the fight I want, though. McGregor Chandler main event UFC 300. That's my UFC 300 dream card. So let's get into college football. Top five reactions. Michigan holds off Ohio State with late INT. Uh, win 30-24. to 24. Yeah, Kyle McCord throws a pick on the last drive, and you know Michigan able to take a knee to get the job done. Um, I don't know if it's always been a thing. I don't know if Ohio State rushes the field when they beat Michigan in the past, but is, does Michigan always rush the field when they beat Ohio State? It's a little weird, right? It's two versus three. It's not like you were not ranked six and four trying to ruin Ohio State's season. Like, you're expecta- expected to you know, go to the college football playoff and win it this year. A little weird to me, but yeah, I mean, I think the difference was, I think Ohio State has the better team, but I think, well, no matter what, I, you know, J.J. McCarthy, I don't think he's a good quarterback at all, but he does have experience. Kyle McCord's not a good quarterback also with no experience in a game like that. I know you can tell he went down and won at Notre Dame. Different though. A lot different than going to play in Ann Arbor against Michigan, your, you know, most hated rival, potentially the biggest rivalry in sports. Um, so yeah, that was the difference. Uh, you know, J.J. McCarthy just... He's been around now, and he has experience, and Kyle McCord doesn't. Um, Alabama wins the Iron wins an Iron Bowl Classic over Auburn 27-24 with a fourth and goal from the 31 touchdown. This was something. This was insane to watch. Uh, I had to look back on it, though, and watch the highlight because I, I thought, you know, game's over here. I was, I was, over, I was over at a family member's house, and I drove home during the, during the ending and have to come home and see that Alabama throws a – 31-yard touchdown on fourth and goal. Insanity. Um, what a win for Alabama. Saves their season for a chance at the playoff. Oregon handles Oregon State 37-17. Uh, setting up rematch with Washington, who beat Wazoo with a game-winning field goal as time expired. Washington just kind of, you know, they've stayed alive. I think Oregon's coming in guns blazing. I do. I think Oregon's coming in guns blazing in this game against Washington. Tulane turns UTS over five times, wins 29-16 to head to the American Athletic title game again. With a win, they would head to their second straight New Year's Six Bowl game. They will play SMU. Liberty beats UTEP 42-28 to cap off a 12-0 regular season win. Shout out to Liberty. Uh, what an accomplishment to go 12-0. I know you can say what you want about the schedule to have the focus and have the team to go 12-0 throughout a season. That was very impressive still. Which is even more impressive. Teams like Florida State... Um, Georgia, Michigan, Washington. To go undefeated for a full season is incredible. 
Uh, other headlines and discussions. Would it be fair for the committee to leave FSU out of the playoffs if they go 13-0? Okay, so I, I've always been of the thing where if a team goes undefeated like that and wins their conference title, they should be in. The t- they should be in, especially, you know, the ACC. I know it's not the greatest football conference, but they, if they could go 13-0, right? Fair? It would be unfair if the committee left them out. Yes, it would be unfair. I've also gone back and forth with, are they really one of the four best teams in the country? And I just don't think they are. I think if it came, let's just say, let's just say some, this was a, uh, Kirk Herbstreet uh, tweeted this out. Let's say all the favorite twins. So Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, Texas, Florida State, right? So Georgia, Michigan, you know are in. So you got Oregon, Texas, Florida State. The committee's told you what they think between Oregon and Texas. Oregon's in, in my opinion. Especially with a beaten and undefeated Washington. So then it comes down to, in my opinion, 12-1 and Texas and 13-0 Florida State. What would be fair is Florida State getting into the college football playoff. But what will happen if this, case, if this scenario happens, Texas will get in the college football playoff, in my opinion. I just think they will. I think they'll go with the four best teams. Texas has a great win over Alabama. They could add another good win against Oklahoma State. Um, their only loss was to the 12th ranked team in the country. And Florida State, lose, you lose your quarterback, it hurts you. I know it's not fair. It's not fair at all to those kids. It's absolutely not fair. But what makes the college football playoff competitive is Texas being in, in my opinion. Do I think Texas can beat Georgia? Probably not. But I think they have a better chance you know, having Quinn Ewers than, than, the, than Florida State does with not having Jordan Travis. Texas A&M to hire Duke head coach Mike Elko. I didn't know what to think about it. I was kind of a little pissed off when they hired, when they were going to hire Stoops. I'm not really a huge fan of his. Everyone loves it, though, I guess. So I'm hoping he can turn it around and he can get A&M to actually compete for SEC titles. So congrats to Mike Elko on getting the Texas A&M job. Is Ryan Day on the hot seat? This was a question that was asked by the Fox panel after that game. To fire him would be insane. I believe he's 56-7 and seven is his record. And... <laughs> He's lost three straight to Michigan, though. Um, I believe he's 1-3, though, against playoff teams when he's been in. So he's 1-6 against those teams in in recent time. He's also beat Michigan, though, right? But Michigan wasn't as good as they are now, you know, being cheaters and all. Um, hot seed is a little weird to say. No. I would say he's not going to get fired. He's one of the best coaches in college football. Uh, in my opinion, they made a mistake not going after a different quarterback in the offseason, in, in the portal, and going after a quarterback. They did make a mistake there. I don't think they'll make that same mistake this offseason. They will not fire Ryan Day. Ryan Day will be the head coach of the Ohio State University next year. KU gets the eight wins for the first time since 2008 with a 49-16 win at Cincinnati. How about them Hawks, man? You know, I see some people, um, you know, saying... Yeah, KU could be 11-1. and one. It, you, They lost three games by a combined 14 points. Should have beat should have beat Oklahoma State. Should have beat Texas Tech, even with a third string. And, you know, could have beat K-State. You know, drop pick six kind of ruined it. But let's not, let's not uh, look past the fact that we're 8-4. and four. You know, this isn't 2008. 15 years. This isn't something we see happen at KU. So this is a special season. We also beat Oklahoma, number six Oklahoma. You know, we beat them. That was our, you know, first time beating Oklahoma since 97. 
you know, beat the number six team in the country at the time. It was a great, it's been a great season. One more left. Go get a bull win. Bull win nine and four. That's an unfucking believable season. I have no, yeah, am I pissed that we lost those three games? For sure. But that's not going to make me say this is a bad year. We went six and seven last year. We're already a step up from last year. It was a great season. And hopefully we can cap it off with a bull win. Finish nine and four. Kansas Jayhawks, nine and four. There was a chance four or five years ago they were going to shut down the football program. You know? So where we are now, no. Yeah, I mean, again, upset that we lost those three games. But I would never say this was a this season was a failure or this was a bad season. This is a great season. Just another step in the right direction to be a competitive football program year in and year out. And Lance Leipold's done a fucking tremendous job. And shout out Jason Bean. His final regular season game, four total touchdowns, over 300 yards of offense. He was tremendous. Um, Shout out Bean, all the seniors that have paved the way for us to get here. You know, can't name, you know, not going to be able to name them all, but, you know, it's been an unreal season. And I'm very happy and very proud to be a Kansas Jayhawk fan. And I cannot wait for the bowl game. Um, And I cannot wait for next season. And that's something you don't get to say a lot. Yeah, I haven't said a lot in my life, you know, so I cannot wait for next year. And again, rock chalk. Um, so let's get into my post-week 13 Heisman rankings. Uh, Bo Nix still at one for me, edging out Jaden Daniels at two, Penix at three, Carson Beck at four, Maserati Marvin Harrison, sorry, Maserati Marvin Harrison at four, Carson Beck at five, Jalen Milrow at six. So this will be my final, yeah, this will be my final rankings. I might come out with my own rankings, but it really won't matter because the playoffs have been decided after the, college, I mean, after the, you know, I mean, obviously when we do the pod uh, next, it'll actually be pre, because yeah, it'll be pre, no, no, the committees do their rankings on Sunday. So yeah, I'll get the committee's rankings. I'll, I'll, I mean, obviously I'll come on here and talk about what I think should have happened and where, where teams should be, but here we go. Georgia at one for me, 12-0, Michigan at two at 12-0. Washington at three at twelve and zero. Again, this is me. Like I've said, I think it's unfair if Florida State gets left out at thirteen zero. But I'm ranking them on against these other teams: Oregon at four at eleven and one, Texas at five at eleven and one, Alabama at six at eleven and one, Ohio State at seven at eleven and one, Florida State at eight at twelve and zero, Missouri at nine at ten and two. Hate to say it, but what a phenomenal season by Missouri. Penn State at ten at ten and two. Um, Old Miss at twelve at ten and two, or at eleven. Oklahoma at twelve at ten and two. Tulane at thirteen at eleven and one. Arizona at fourteen at nine and three. LSU at fifteen at nine and three. The Iowa Hawkeyes ten and two at sixteen. Seventeen Louisville at ten and two. Tough loss for Louisville. 18 Notre Dame 9 and 3, 19 Oklahoma State 9 and 3, 20 Liberty 12 and 0, 21 Toledo 11 and 1, 22 SMU 10 and 2, 23 NC State 9 and 3 and my next 5 out, final next 5 out, Kansas, Clemson, Kansas State, Oregon State, Tennessee. So here we go again we predict all the Division 1 single A Sorry, just the FBS conference championships. My overall record this year in the regular season went forty-five and twenty-five. Pretty happy with that, especially because we had a slow start. We really got going the last six weeks of the year. So I'm gonna go. I'm kind of going in importance, you know, in a way. 
Sunbelt Championship game is Saturday, December 2nd at 4 p.m. Eastern. It's Appalachian State at 8 and 4 versus Troy at 10 and 2. I'm going to go Troy to win the Sunbelt title 31-24. The Mountain West Championship game Saturday, December 2nd at 3 p.m. Eastern. Boise State at 7 and 5 versus UNLV at 9 and 3. I'm going to go Boise State Broncos 24-23. MAC Championship game Saturday, December 2nd at 12 a.m. Eastern. Miami of Ohio at 10 and 2 versus 21th ranked Toledo at 11 and 1. Give me Toledo 27-20 to win the MAC title. Conference USA Championship Friday, December 1st at 7 p.m. Eastern. New Mexico State at 10 and 3 versus 20th ranked Liberty at 12 and 0. Give me Liberty 34-24. American Athletic Championship game Saturday, December 2nd at 4 p.m. Eastern. Number 22 SMU at 10 and 2 versus 13th ranked Tulane at 11 and 1. Give me Tulane. 31-27. ACC Championship game Saturday, December 2nd at 8 p.m. Eastern. Number 17, Louisville at 10-2 versus number 8, Florida State at 12-0. I'm going to go Florida State. I think they're going to play hard. They're going to play for it all. Florida State 26-23. Put the pressure on the committee. Big Ten Championship game Saturday, December 2nd at 8 p.m. Eastern. Number 16, Iowa at 10-2 versus number 2, Michigan at 12-0. At I'm going to go Michigan 27 to 10. I know, very bold of me to say Iowa is going to get to 10 with a touchdown. Maybe they get two safeties and two field goals, so they get to 10. <laughs> Big 12 championship. Number 19, Oklahoma State at 9-3 and three at or versus number 5, Texas at 11-1. Give me Texas 41-31. Pac-12 championship game Friday. Uh, oh, I believe the Texas game's at around 4 Eastern. I'd have to double-check. I didn't put that one down. Pac-12 championship game Friday, December 1st at 8 p.m. Eastern. Number 4, Oregon at 11-1 versus number 3, Washington at 12-0. Give me Oregon 31-24. SEC championship game Saturday, December 2nd at 4 p.m. Eastern. Number 6, Alabama at 11-1 versus number 1, Georgia at 12-0. It's always tough to bet against Saban, but I think Georgia clicked at the right time four weeks ago. I'm going to go Georgia 31-20 to win the SEC title. So let's go to updated New Year's Six Bowl game predictions. Sugar Bowl, which is a college bowl playoff semifinal. I'm going Georgia, SEC champ versus Texas, Big 12 champ. Rose Bowl, also a college football playoff semifinal. Michigan, Big 10 champ versus Oregon, Pac-12 champ. Orange Bowl, Florida State, ACC champ versus Ohio State, Big 10 at large. Fiesta Bowl, Missouri, SEC at large versus Washington, Pac-12 at large. Peach Bowl, Alabama, SEC at large versus Penn State, Big Ten at large. And the Cotton Bowl, Tulane, top group of five versus Oklahoma, Big 12 at large. So now we're getting to the mock draft. Two rounds. Let me get a quick drink and then we're going to dive into this round one. There is a trade in this one that we will get to right after the first overall pick. So the Bears via the Panthers take Caleb Williams, quarterback at a USC. They will trade Justin Fields to Atlanta. Atlanta gives them pick 41 in a future pick, probably a third or a, probably a fourth or a fifth for Justin Fields. So the Falcons get their quarterback. Bears move on, reset the clock of the rookie of the rookie contract. Patriots at two take Drake May, quarterback in North Carolina. Cardinals at three take Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver, Ohio State. Bears with their other pick at number four take Olu Fashanu, offensive tackle Penn State. Giants at five take Brock Bowers, tight end out of Georgia. Redskins at six 
take Dallas Turner, edge out of Alabama. Jets at 7, take Joe Alt, offensive tackle, Notre Dame. Titans at 8, take Keon Coleman, wide receiver, Florida State. Falcons at 9, take Kool-Aid McKinstry, cornerback, Alabama. Um, Raiders at 10. I'm leaving everyone in here, by the way. Everyone, until they announce, everyone is in. So Raiders at 10, take Shador Sanders, quarterback, Colorado. Buccaneers at 11, take Malik Neighbors, wide receiver, LSU. Packers at 12, take Cooper DeGene, defensive back, Iowa. Rams at 13, take Latu Latu, edge out of UCLA. Chargers at 14, take Jerzon Newton, interior D lineman out of Illinois. Bengals at 15, take J.C. Latham, offensive tackle, Alabama. Colts at 16, take Emeka Egbuka, wide receiver, Ohio State. Steelers at 17, take uh, Talis Fuaga, um, offensive tackle, Oregon State. Broncos at 18, take Chop Robinson, edge out of Penn State. Bills at 19, take Cameron Kinchin, safety out of Miami. Saints at 20, go Jared Versay, edge out of Florida State. Vikings at 21, go Jaden Daniels, quarterback, LSU, fourth quarterback taken. Seahawks at 22, take Chris Jenkins, interior D lineman, Michigan. 23, the Cardinals via the Texans, take Nate Wiggins, cornerback, Clemson. Houston at 24, via the Browns, take Leonard Taylor, interior D lineman, Miami. 25, the Dallas Cowboys take Romo Dunes, wide receiver, Washington. 26, Jaguars take JT Tuomaloau, edge out of Ohio State. 27, the Dolphins take Amarius Mims, offensive tackle, Georgia. 28, the Lions take Kalen King, cornerback, Penn State. Ravens at 29, take Mason Smith, interior D lineman, LSU. <clears throat> 49ers at 30, take Tyler Newbin, safety out of Minnesota. 31, the Chiefs take Brian Thomas Jr., wide receiver, LSU. And 32, the Eagles take Edron Cooper, interior linebacker out of Texas A&M. So that was round one. We get into round two. Um, got another quick drink. So the Panthers with their first pick, since they traded up to get Bryce Young. Obviously, they fired Frank Wright. They're going to take Xavier Worthy, wide receiver out of Texas. Patriots at 34, take Graham Barton, offensive tackle Duke. Cardinals at 35, take Braylon Trice, edge out of Washington. Redskins via the Bears, take Jordan Morgan, offensive tackle out of Arizona. 37, the Giants, fifth quarterback off the board. Obviously, he could return to college. Quinn Ewers, quarterback out of Texas. 38, the Redskins back on the clock, take Denzel Burke, cornerback Ohio State. 39, the Packers via the Jets, take Kingsley Suamatia, offensive tackle BYU. 40, the Titans take Josh Newton, cornerback TCU. 41, Bears via the Falcons, field trade, take Adonai Mitchell, wide receiver out of Texas. 42, the Raiders take Kamari Lassiter, cornerback out of Georgia. 43, the, Buccan the Buccaneers take Chris Broswell, edge out of Alabama. Packers at 44, take the first running back off the board, Travion Henderson, running back Ohio State. 45, the Rams take Bo Nix, quarterback out of Oregon, fifth Fifth quarter, sixth quarterback taken. I have no more. I have no Penix or J.J. McCarthy right now. That's just how it's gone here. 46, the Chargers take T.J. Tampa, corner out of Iowa State. 47, the Bengals take Malachi Corley, wide receiver, Western Kentucky. 48, the Colts take uh, Troy uh, Fatanu, offensive lineman, Washington. 49ers, or 49, Steelers take Kalen Bullock, safety out of USC. 50, Saints via Denver take Tyler Guyton, offensive tackle OU. 51, the Bills take Devin Neal, running back out of Kansas. 52, 
Eagles via the Saints take Terrion Arnold, cornerback Alabama. 53, the Vikings take Rook Orokoro, uh, interior D lineman out of Clemson. 54, the Giants via Seattle take Xavier Leggett, wide receiver out of um, South Carolina. 55, Texans take Jeremiah Trotter, interior linebacker Clemson. 56, the Browns with their first pick take Jalen Polk, wide receiver Washington. 57, the Cowboys take Patrick Paul, offensive tackle out of Houston. Um, 58, the Jaguars take Javon Bullard, safety out of Georgia. 59, the Dolphins take Brandon Dorless, interior D lineman, Oregon. 60, the Lions take Troy Franklin, wide receiver out of uh, Oregon. Ravens, with the third running back off the board, take Raheem Sanders, running back out of Arkansas. 49ers take Cooper Beebe, um, offensive guard out of Kansas State. 63, the Chiefs take Michael Hall Jr., interior D lineman out of Ohio State. And 64, the Eagles take Jack Sawyer, edge out of Ohio State. So that is the first two-round mock draft that I've done. Um, and I love doing, I love mock drafts, man. Mock drafts are my favorite. To end this podcast, though, I want to give a shout-out to Randy Drowling. Um, some listeners that are not from my hometown probably don't know who this is, but he is the former head coach at Hutchinson High School where I attended. Um, legend um, among Hutch High. He won seven state titles at Hutch, uh, six in a row at one point, uh, from 2004 to 2009, I believe, and then 2010 they lost, and then he won, won again in 2011. Um, he has obviously moved on. He's now won two state titles at St. Thomas Aquinas up in the Kansas City Overland Park area. Um, that is now tied the Kansas high school football record with nine state titles as a head coach. One more to break the record. And shout out to um, Coach Dryling, legend. Um, you know, just again, an unbelievable head coach here in the state of Kansas. Nine state titles to tie the record, and he deserves he deserves those flowers. Um, he's a tremendous head coach, and uh, glad he was able to tie that record. And I'm hoping he can go ahead and break it as well. That would be amazing if he could do that. Um, but yeah, that'll end this pod. I had another good week. I went up plus six point four nine units. I'm actually barely behind the third place now on our on our panel. I'm not in dead last anymore. You know the plus money. Uh, doing every unit plus money has paid off now the last couple weeks and we're jumping up and uh, really the past three weeks because I went positive even though I didn't hit the five view three weeks ago but the last two weeks of hitting the five view hitting a couple of the plus money bets puts you up so trying to make a comeback Um, but yeah that'll do it for this episode of unedited we'll be back obviously I think we'll be back Thursday this week uh, with KB and the boys And uh, obviously next Tuesday with Unedited. Uh, Thank you guys again for listening. Love you all. Peace.